Pigeons 420. Mr. Grow It. And Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV. From the Stash Podcast. From the Stash Podcast, it's your boy Rob from CLTV, Pigeons 420, and Mr. Grow It. What up, boys? What's going on, boys? What up? Good to see you guys. How you been? How's it going? Man, living good. How about you guys? Great. Good, man. Good. Been getting uh, a lot of housework done. A lot of work on my house done. So it's been a stressful couple weeks, but yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Chris, how you been? Stressful. Sounds exciting. It it should be. It really, I didn't. Yeah, it really is exciting. It's as much exciting as it is anxious, I guess. Uh, It's just, yeah, it's um, having contractors work so closely to your house and so many of them and big equipment and it's just kind of nerve wracking a little bit. Not to mention one of them may or may not have swung an excavator and took took out portion of my eaves trough. That's also a problem, yeah. But, but, but they've handled it very well and paying for it to get fixed. But it's well, been it's fun. It's like your your house is in, uh, I wouldn't say beginning stage, but like a renewal stage, you know, because you're doing a lot of, of renovations totally. to it. Kind of like how people would in the garden, you know, for example, like uh, starting over with some beans, whether you're a cucumber grower, tomato grower, or medical herbs. Just totally depends on what your preference is. But a lot of times dealing with those seeds, man, that's really stressful too for some people. That's the anxiety of, well, you're doing it yourself in that case. You're not trusting contractors. So it's a little different there. But it still is the tension of, like, fuck, I've got to really be on top of this. This is such a crucial part. I'm building everything right here. This is the foundation, you know. So I think uh, it's a good discussion to get into, to dive deeper into, and to see what kind of tips we can pull out of our experience to maybe help some of the viewers or listeners. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I think this was a requested topic, I believe. So one of you guys had actually requested we'll this. We actually look name. at all the comments. We read every comment, and uh, there are some good suggestions we've been adding to the list. So I appreciate that. If you guys have any suggestions for future topics, let us know down in the comment section below. Yeah, good, sure. yeah, good idea. Um, but when it comes to uh, starting your seedlings, it is – I agree. It's probably one of the most stressful times to, to garden up there with, you know, the, the final – dry slash cure harvest because it's all that work has been done and then you know you don't want to mess it up the same idea with the seed you know you've got so much ahead of you and you don't want to mess it up she's so vulnerable at this stage too you know big swings in temperature poor moisture levels that these little mistakes although not so bad later on can be very detrimental early on massively you know and especially people uh they underestimate the amount of energy and attention that you're gonna have to give to a seedling in comparison to a teenage plant or something that's more grown or even something that's flowering already, especially if you're dealing with an indoor garden where everything that you're dealing with is 100% on you. You are Mother Nature. So I think starting off uh, with lighting, that's a big thing. I, you know what? Let's get past that. Let's give it the germination. Let's give it the, the, the popping them. So, um, you know, a lot of people will swear by this method or that method or this is the only way to do it. You have to put it in water or soak it. You know, I've been trying a lot of different things out lately, and I don't see there being one definitive answer of this is the way to do it. Because my whole last run recently, every single one of them I just put directly in the media with Great White. That's it. Just watered them in cocoa. And they all popped, every one of them. They've all done great. In comparison to other ones that I've taken 24 hours to have sit in water and then go ahead and uh, put into paper towel and then have the you know taproot grow and then transplant that. So those steps and processes, I think eliminating it for me has been a a massive, massive gain in time and and happiness in the garden. But then also for others who 
let's say they do a lot more than me. Like I'm only popping usually five to ten at a time when I'm doing a pheno hunt. If you're running like 30 to 40 of those at a time, maybe putting them directly in the media could potentially be a better option depending on what media you're using and again your goal in the garden. How do you guys go about your germination process? I think we've all done it. Us three have done various methods, right? You mentioned the paper towel method as one method. You mentioned the seed soaking method, which is just dropping it in a cup of water, for example, letting it soak for 24 hours or whatever. Some people let it soak for 24 hours, then we'll transfer it to a paper towel uh, for another 24, 48 hours till that taproot comes out. Um, and then, of course, planting directly into the soil. Now, I... It depends on the situation, right? If I have older seeds, I'm not really sure if they're going to pop. I might just do that paper towel method because um, who knows if they're going to actually sprout or not. Who knows if they're going to crack open and that taproot will appear. So in order to save time, I will put it in that wet paper towel so I can see it cracking open and then delicately put it into the medium to plant. Um, but most of the time, you know, just planting that seed directly into the medium, whether it be a small little solo cup, a one-gallon container. Um, if I'm growing auto flowers, typically I'll grow in the final container, which is like either a three-gallon or a five-gallon grow pot. But planting it directly into the medium versus the different germination methods, I mean, you can go either way. I, I wouldn't object to either or. I wouldn't say one way is better than the other. I believe they both kind of have their pros and cons in my opinion. I see better results with cucumber outside in particular um, when I at least let them soak for a good 24 hours. I don't know what it is, but it seems like certain certain ones, it just depends. If you're getting them from, you know, like a Home Depot or somewhere that's mass manufacturing of these things, you may get more duds in the mix. Same with if you're getting, you know, your medical herb kind as well. If you're getting massive bulk from the, the huge seller, it's not necessarily going to be always guaranteed. So maybe you do need to do those processes, the extra that's steps. Right. And, that's, yeah. and that's what I was going to say. It's not necessarily old seeds that I would do the paper towel method with. It was, if I was doing an abundance of seeds, you know, I want to pop a dozen. I'm not going to throw, I'm not going to, you know, I, I think it's too much effort to hope that all of them are going to pop and to put them all into a, uh, into, now it doesn't might even be a little bit low. If you're going to do more than that, you know, put them all in a paper towel and just grab the ones that grabbed a ta or, uh, showed a taproot. Those are obviously going to be your good ones. Leave the other ones. If they sprout, they sprout. They don't, they don't. So I, I'm very similar. I, I plant it and forget it. It's put it in this medium, cover it up, water it, walk away. And there are some plants that you're not going to really be able to do the paper towel method in, right? If you got like kale or lettuce and they're like real small, tiny seeds, you're not going to be able to like, <laughs> unless you got like tweezers or whatever. Um, I've actually tried the seed soaking method on the uh, peppers, pepper mm. seeds. Uh, a little bit bigger, but like I didn't really have luck with that. So, I mean, a lot of these vegetables, just planting them directly into the medium is going to be probably your best option. Easier option. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally agree. And then it, it also if you're dealing with other things like larger style of seeds, like, you know, flowers and things like that, depending on the size of seed you're dealing with, it's not as easy to just wrap that fucker in paper towel and try to get it. I have seen other things like my uncle grows orchids. So his process is different than what, what mine is. His feeding, everything he does is so different. But there's common common things where he kind of takes steps for certain breeds that he has, certain cultivars, where he'll be like, you know, this one right here is usually more finicky. So I am going to go through this process of germination and i am going to go through adding some mycorrhizae or some sort of thing that'll help with that root grow more other ones it's like you just treat them like any old plant you know it just totally depends i think on what you're growing calls of our specific same with the medical side or recreational side um, i think people get it twisted when they think that this is the one way you have to do it and if it works for you you can but sometimes you're adding more steps to your process that you don't necessarily need to do you can do a side by side and eliminate that and realize like hey i'm 
wasting a lot of energy, resources. And some right? time. And some time, right? Like time that, is a big resource, yes. And if you could get a seed to pop in three days, but, you know, without doing 24 hours of soaking in soil, without doing the uh, the paper towel method, and then trans, you know, that's, that's a, it can be a three-day step, you know, but you, you de- generally don't see the, the, the seedling right away. You don't see it pop in the soil right away. So, like, yeah, I, I'm simple. Keep it simple, stupid, right? Plant it, forget it, walk away. I like it. I like and then, and then, at, go ahead if you were going to say something, Chris. Uh, well, I was just going to move on to the point where. So go ahead. You, you move on. on. You okay. move us on. Together. You move us on. <laughs> so you planted the seed into the medium, right? Um, I typically bury it down like quarter inch, quarter inch down to that medium, lightly cover it. I don't pack it down because if you're packing it down, you're you know, potentially a little bit less oxygen in there. So I sometimes even like to loosen up that medium first, then put the seed in there and then, um, you know, lightly cover it with soil. And then, uh, you know, the seedlings, they're going to like a higher humidity level. So uh, a tip that a trick that some folks do is when there's in small containers, whether it be like a four inch nursery pot or a solo cup, they'll put like a, a piece of plastic or a plastic bag over the cup in order to kind of make that uh, little mini environment there with, with the higher humidity. So when the seedling does pop from the medium, um, it, it has that higher humidity there uh, available. Um, do you guys do anything like that, or what's your process for for that? Avenue? I have in the past. I've used a, uh, a cloning dome like you would, you know, for regular clones, and that's where I had my whole group in, which is vents open, so that we we're still air coming in there. But um, I think the individual bag can work good. It's just... I haven't seen a huge difference between doing it and not doing it. I have a, a separate area for my small veggies, so I'm able to keep those all tight. I don't have to worry as much about the humidity being a little bit higher for plants that are going into flower, things like that. So it's it's easier to dial in what I need in my tent, keeping the VPD tight, doing things like you, that. You have a designated veg and a seedling tent, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, okay, I think that's... That, like in this a little way, one right here is just for baby babies. Little in ones. a way, that's the same thing as putting a bag on top. Right, you. I would assume if someone's putting a bag on top, which I have seen quite often, they don't have a designated environment for their seedlings. They either have yeah. it in the room with their veg, yeah. they've got them just high up, and there's just you know multiple levels to their tent or what have you. Then, then yeah, sure, sure, use use a bag. I think that would be no different than the dome. I use a dome as well. I I, I like a cloning dome because it gives you lots of room to leave those in there for a minute, and. You know, uh, keeping a high, high, or high hydro, high moisture, high. Um, <laughs> it uh, is key. They like to be warm. Uh, they like to be snugged up in a nice warm hug. So, you know, um, I, I typically if, I keep a spray bottle in the tent with the, the seedlings. So that way it's it's a nice warm bottle of water. And you're just, you you uh, tent temperature. It's not hot or anything, but it's nice warm. So you just spray the inside of that dome. Things work fantastic. But I would say that's it's just a micro and macro level. I think we're all doing the same. Yeah, 100%. And it's the same result. The, the intention is to basically be able to control that humidity and, and temperature a little bit more within the actual leaf surface There's temperature snow. and like right there with the plant. And when you've got those young seedlings, it's just like a young baby. You've got to treat them a lot more delicate. They're a lot more fragile. The, the environmental conditions are going to be more strict. And a lot of times I see people, and I've done it myself in the past, where you don't dial it in, your humidity is a little bit lower than it should be, your temperature's too high, your light's a little too far, and they stretch and they fall over. And mm-hmm. it happens. And if you're going for the low-stress training method, it's not the worst thing because I've seen them beef up sideways. You know what I'm saying? Like once you increase the light, you dial everything in, all of a sudden now they're vertical, just perfect. 
Same time, though, you're not getting that strong growth and you're going to stretch more and your nodes, potentially the bud sites aren't going to be as tight as what it could be. And that initial growth is so crucial. You don't want that long, wispy stem and a top that's, you know, falling over. You want it to be a little more tight and compact. Sativa or indica, you definitely want that. I mean, again, it doesn't matter if you're dealing with cucumbers or you're dealing with flowers, anything. You don't want to have the head of that being way heavier and it not being able to support itself with that stem. So what do you guys do to keep your, like, the light cycle thing? It's all in indoor style here, I'm assuming we're talking. Um, so with me, I don't have a ton of tips other than what I just said. Um, do you guys work on keeping that light distance? Do you have a special space for your, your seedlings? Because I do, so I can keep my light at the right place and everything is more dialed in perfectly. Do you have a dedicated light, at least? Uh, for me... Not really. I mean, I'll throw in the seedlings with on my 18.6, my veg tent, uh, and I might have some veg plants in there. And, uh, you know, putting in a box and then boosting up onto a box to make sure that the light distance is there, right? Because, you know, if you get other plants in there, you can only bring down your light so much. And if you're putting your cup below that, uh, the stretch issue could happen. So putting up onto a box or a crate or something to bring it up to kind of be even with the other plants in the tent is a trick that I use. Now, if I do come across stretching issues, like you mentioned, which is very common, um, stabilizing it. So I usually like to, that initial solo cup, let's say I'm planting in a small solo cup, I leave a little bit of space. Uh, you know, I don't fill the soil to the top. I leave about an inch, inch and a half of space. So if it does kind of become stretchy and topple over, we well, can backfill with some soil in order to stabilize that seedling so it stays upright. That's a, that's a great tip. And the idea of growing first in a solo cup, that allows you, I, I prefer a solo cup start because that allows you to, to compensate for that stretch when you go to put it in that two gallon or that three gallon pot. You know, you sink that girl to the bottom, leave this much of her poking up the top, a little bit of soil supporter, you're laughing. But proper light placement is key is key and it and, and not only the the placement but you need a good quality light you can only you know if you're gonna if you're gonna germinate under a cfl great but very quickly you need to keep that light progression happening because a cfl isn't going to be enough to give you good strong quality growth it's going to be weak it's going to be lanky it's going to be stretching looking for light that it can't find so yeah it, it, you then want to make sure that you're i i, I use I, i've got my veg tent in an, under an sf 4000 and I, I use the exact same light to, to, to veg under or to germinate under just at a much greater distance. So, yeah, uh, like you said, bringing them up to the level the canopy is key. Yeah. And then also you can, if your light has a dimmer on it, that can be super beneficial, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you said you have the SF4000 that has a dimmer on it. I know the old they do have a, have a dimmer. I don't have it. I don't, I'm not on this particular model. I don't, but yes. Got yes, it. Yeah, do. I had one of the older models too that didn't have it. But if you do have a dimmer on it, that's something key, right? You can bring your light closer. You can dim it down, save on that energy, right? Because the SF4000, I mean, how many watts does that pull? 400-ish mm, yeah, or something ish, like yep. that. And so, if, and so for seedlings, you're not going to need that many that you know need that much so dialing down to like 100 watts maybe even potentially even less than yeah. that for seedlings mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it just helps save on energy for sure because they don't the need sorry go ahead. sorry go ahead no go you ahead. do it you do it they don't need that much light like a, forget about the intensity of it and trying to kill them they don't they don't need that much light it, you know they they need to get above soil and then once you get above soil it's about it's about nursing the the, the intensity and the distance of the light go ahead sir and, and for those who want a specific measurement 200 to 400 ppfd is a general range in order to for seedlings clones mother plants 
that's a general range, so you can kind of look at the PAR charts on the grow light listing and kind of get an idea of what the light distance should be. Or if you have a PAR meter, I have a PAR meter. You know, they're kind of expensive, 500 plus for the good ones, the Apogee ones. But if you have a PAR meter, you can dial in that distance, you know, dimming down your grow light, getting it super close, and making sure you're at that 200 to 400 PPFD. So I believe Micro That's if you want to get a, super, super dialed well, in. He's guy got guys. a video that talks about um, apps that you can get on your phone that are relatively accurate for PPFD now, and PAR. are sure. they? Because somebody just, now, I don't know. Based on Micro thing, it was way smarter did, than me. <laughs> yeah, right. I, they're all smarter than me. But I, I just Shane watched, knows, a, or I Shane. seen them. I was going through my feed, and somebody said, the the apps or the title was they don't work or something and it was a peep, it was a, a par meter on a cell phone was it I, I don't know who it was I'll end up just giving a bunch of shout outs here but um, I forgot who did I, I'm pretty sure Shane did one and I'm pretty sure there was one that was accurate and I got to yeah, rewatch yeah. it I watch a lot okay. of his videos yeah. dude's a fucking homework genius. is I love key his folks homework is yes. key um, what I was gonna Shane say Shane did you got one I was gonna say Shane did do it uh, and he did I think four or five different ones maybe even three or four different ones. And there was just one app in particular that kind of stuck out there. Good. So um, you guys got to dig up and find if that it's video less than 500 bucks, and see what it. one was the closest. Would you, you know, if it's, if it's somewhat accurate, if like when you're trying to dial your stuff in there, if you're not going based on the recommendations from the light manufacturer, you may want to invest in that just because like we're saying, this is such a crucial time in the growth period that if you don't dial everything in tight down the road you're going to see these results that you're like oh maybe it was this or this or this it's like nah man it's that early phase that in the beginning that that stretch happened too much that the weak growth came that mm -hmm. this that the other thing you know i use the chill tech x1 for my seedlings and i still dial it down a little bit early on and i'll gradually bring it up kind of harden them off before i put them into the main veg area like i'll have it out here in a spot where they're just sitting and then within two three days as soon as they pop they're going in here so like i'm kind of cycling through but the light is always always half intense it's not as intense as what it could be but again like you're saying there's no real reason to waste that there's no real reason to push the the seedling to where it could stress out and me vader and doggo had a good talk last night after we were gaming about wasting of nutrients where it's like yes you can use that maybe a plant can deal with that but unless you're going with high intense light you don't necessarily need to do that so it comes down to now like if you're going to be feeding your plant and you do have the high intense light maybe you could increase that light more if you're feeding the plant more. If you don't have a media that already has the food in there that's adequate for the first 30 days, let's say, then maybe you could boost it up. But is there a massive reason? I don't see it personally because I haven't seen that massive difference in growth. I've just seen like, well, I'm using more, I'm using more. The ones next to it that I'm not using more are growing at the same rate. The last two grow cycles I have done, I've only fed at most once or twice before the, like, the fourth or fifth week of, of veg. No, no, no. Before that, not at all. Like, I, I, I didn't feed them at all. Just water. They four feet. Yeah, just water. Just water. Now, again, cultivar specific, right? You're going to have some that are going to require a lot more than others and some that are going to react to that light. Like, some that are going to, you know, be, a, you know, the cow mag under an LED, for example, um, that might, might require a little bit more. Supplement. Or in cocoa, if you're using cocoa with it as well. Sure. Like, that's in my yeah. case, I'm using cocoa. Only thing I do in the first 30 days, well, first two weeks. Yeah, first two weeks is usually um, I'll transplant initially I'll plant with great white and then I'll do a water with Michael Chum at some point and then maybe at one time throughout there I'll do a recharge like a watering with recharge which top-notch stuff shout out to Scotty and the crew over there basically I'm able to inoculate my root system that I'm trying to grow there and I'm able to feed the microbes within the mix and since I'm using cocoa which is inert not always cocoa I also have an organic side too which is it's totally different beast in itself with the germination and the planting and everything like I've got my light mix of 
the organic super soil and I've got my mix that I transplant into that's more readily available for food. So with cocoa, I'm having to be in control of everything. I'm the person who's doing it because there's nothing in that cocoa. As where my organic side, I'm seeing more benefits to starting with my super soil and even potentially switching over to my cocoa if I wanted to, but getting that nice, hardy, easy growth with just watering for my first 30 plus days. It's really simple. But the slow release of the food, I think, is more important in that case. I don't like the, the guessing game sometimes with cocoa when you're dealing with different cultivars. So right now, prime example, Codtown, um, which is headbanger crossed with, funny headbanger, crossed with uh, SFVOG, is hungry as fuck. Vader OG, Java Kush, not at all. In cocoa over here. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, how are you showing deficiencies already in every one of them? Not just one pheno out of the mix, every one of them. So it's like, with cocoa, I'm having to decide what my plant wants. With the organic side, my plant's deciding what it takes up within the, the microbes in the organic mix. It seems like I'm getting a little bit more friendly results in that beginning early stage with the organics there. Now, Chris, you're doing a little bit of both. What, well, maybe not right now, but you've done them both. Do you notice any difference there? Well, first I was going to ask you just to clarify, um, the cocoa process you just mentioned was organic, right? No, or mineral based. Are you based talking with, about uh, bottled nutrients when you're using, yeah. using bottled nutrients? You're not feeding them at all a certain PPM for the first, within the seedling stage? You're just doing recharge and... Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Usually they do about 250 PPM is what I would do when I'm doing bottled nutrients in cocoa. Yeah. Um, now that's just for seedlings, making sure they have some sort of food in there. And that's usually around the day seven or something like that. Because the, the plant, you know, even being in an medium, just having mycorrhizae in there, for example, you know, the first five to seven days, the plant will still grow. And I don't have much experience in cocoa, but um, yeah, it needs food. You know, usually around that seven day mark is when I end up, uh, end up feeding them first. Yeah, you know? so that's where maybe I'm stoned. And it is about after I've got basically my first set of leaves that they fully popped. That's when they'll get the lightest dose of feeding. So lately, right now, I'm going with Dutch Pro's recommendation on their early feeding and just very low everything. Um, I'm doing the same. I'm doing the right same here. thing because I've never used it before. So you can't see here, but chart right there. So early on, yeah, like I, I try to keep it low, but they're recommending for the the um, base nutrients like 850 ppm, which I wouldn't go anywhere near that for my seedlings and cuttings. I just wouldn't personally. Um, but that's what they recommend in the seedling and cutting area. So I did that, this recent one here, and we're going to see how it does. Well, I'll report back. And, and by the time this video is out, it's going to be different. But normally, yeah, man, I, for the first seven days, it is not 14 days, totally stoner. First seven days, I'll literally just do great white as my transplant. I'll do and one Michael Chum when I water in cocoa. And then I'll do, um, see, first blunt of the day, I should have smoked before we started because now I'm like really stoned. Um, and then yeah. recharge. So then I'll do my recharge usually before, and that's when I'm bringing it into my flower room. It's like three, four days out here, maybe seven days depending on the cultivar, and then I'll bring it into my flower room, stone bedroom, the main bedroom. Over here, this is totally dedicated literally just to pheno hunting. That's all this space behind me is like a play area to figure things out. So this tent, I'm trying to keep everything dialed in with selecting my phenos and making sure that the cocoa mix that I'm dealing with, because this is all cocoa here, is going to be treated exactly the fucking same so I can see which pheno is going to show the characteristics that I dislike or like the best. Right now, again, when I'm, I wouldn't say I'm stressing them out by not feeding them till they're late, but I wait until I see a little bit of hunger. Just the tiniest, tiny, like, okay, they're hungry. Because before I've gone and I've fed them and it seems like, I wouldn't say they become lazy, but it's like they don't grow adequately like I would have liked. 
Some of these plants don't thrive for the growth. They seem to slow grow. Compared to with cocoa, I'll slightly dry it out a little bit more. I don't get fully dry, but in between my watering, I never let it get fully moistened. Like, well, it's saturated, but it's not like it just stays saturated. I let it dry just a little bit so those roots will work towards where the water is. Yeah, that's, a, that's a very similar with myself. See, I, I used to feed, and see, now that I'm using Dutch Pro, I, I'm, I'm experimenting. It's all new to me, so I, I can't go as hard as I used to do with my other ones because I'm just, I don't know, you know I like to try to dip, dip my finger or dip my toes into the water one foot at a time. Um, but I, I've started decreasing the amount that I'm feeding them during the early veg stage. And I wouldn't even refer to it as the seedling stage, I, just the early veg. As I stated, I'm, I'm not like feeding for at least still. the first four weeks. Okay, and, and I put a heavy train on. So let's. So if I'm, I'm putting a heavy train on, say you know at the earliest, I'm going to start feeding week three, and that's at and that's at a, probably about a well about a week three feed. So with soil, with with pot, yeah potting mix yeah 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 uh, soilless medium yeah yeah I, I always get beat up in the comment section when I refer to it as soil, but uh, but yes, um, and and I found like waste you kind of vaguely said it as you were talking to dog invader it, you're wasting nutrients feeding this early i have up, like up until the last two cycles i have always fed after as soon as i get the first two uh fan leaves with the, as soon as you get the first two fan leaves or at least by the third node which is about week one and a half after germination uh i was feeding the growth that i was seeing then compared to the growth that i'm seeing now is it's non, in my opinion, there is no difference in, in speeding it up. Now, I'm sure this is going to be cultivar specific, right? Because you're, again, you're going to have some, like, for example, the, 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 there's, I know for a fact there's some OGs that go hard. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, I know my Maui Wowie is, she's very sensitive under the LEDs. She's quick to go yellow, very quick to go yellow, and very quick to curl. So it's like she, she, she needs something to supplement and, uh, cultivar specific, but, you know, you can get yeah. away with less is more. You said it way better than I did because of Stone. I'm sure I'll get a little I know, I've repeated shit in the myself section. seven times. It's good though, but it's good because sometimes you got to reiterate it. But my main thing with that is like I, just like you're saying, I don't feed until a certain point. I don't immediately start feeding. And in the past, I have with cocoa, and I am seeing the same results right now when I'm just literally watering it. If anything, I'm watering with some Michael Chum or some Recharge, and it's making it so the little bit of food that I have given it or that it's got um age forest minerals in the mix which is really not much of shit but the little bit that it has it's adequate enough for that baby to start growing once i need it to really get that growth that's when i start implementing food usually at a third strength 99.9 percent .9 of the time a third strength i am running i think with that's a great way right to now, start but... i do think that's a great way to start and again i'm the same way when it comes to new nutrients or just ones i'm not not familiar with so uh, and shout out to dutch pro sponsor of the pigeons 420 channel uh, they, oh, a, 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 that other guy, they, you know, you know uh, brand new, brand new to the to the line. So the last thing I want to do is fuck it up for myself and for them, right? I want to give them their best foot forward. And so start less, start less, work to more. And I know for a fact that the stress that I put on my plants, they'll handle a lot more parts per million than what's in a regular, you know, regiment, for example. You know, Absolutely. I push it hard. I push it hard. Four to 800 parts per million does seem a little high that early. But I don't see why they, they would, wouldn't take it. Well, and that's a big reason why I'm kind of blindly following this chart is I want to be able to say, yo, Rico team, solid shit. Or, yo, Nailed Rico it. team, need to modify Nailed this it. or put a note in yep. here to say, hey, cultivar specific. 
you may need to dial it in a little lower start third strength do this do that but especially again once you start adding you know microbes in the mix you have beneficial bacteria and things that are helping to uptake the food better and you get to the point where if that plant may not be ready for it like my uncle he was telling me too i was trying to give him some great white and he's like this plant might be a little finicky i don't know if i want to give it to it. i was like oh you'd have no issues he's like i don't want it to take up nutrients even faster honestly like i, I think it's good where it's at i've kind of think i've overdone it in a sense it's like eh, there's more benefits than just that but i see in an argument in that area where once you focus on you're adding more to it you're already feeding your plant but you have the your roots are fully inoculated and you've got the rhizosphere is just ready to eat you know that's when you're going to see those results that you may be able to feed a little bit less because it's it's utilizing the efficacy of those nutrients are a lot better basically it's utilizing it so much better in comparison to you know drowning your plant with salt or mineral-based nutrients in that case right because if they're gonna if they're gonna respond negatively it's gonna be early on and you know I, I can't count i've done it myself in terms of you know that the seedling that just sits at this one stage forever yeah and and it looks like you know it should be week three but it still looks week one and um, i found give that thing some food give that thing half strength like i it, it feels weird giving something that's got no leaves food but man you can you can jump that you can get her going again by just a small feed half dose quarter dose third dose give her something it's got damn energy she needs something mm -hmm. and boom sparks right up so you can revive it in the same way that you can kill it so it's just a it, it's a balancing game and it's so delicate there. I, I just stepped away for a second. Apologize for that. I got a re repairman here, but um, that first week, I mean, it's, it's it's just so delicate. And if you get that stunning growth in that first week, like say you overwater for that first week, you know, I, I would argue that it is potentially faster to just plant another it seed. If you plant another seed in another cup, that thing's going to sprout and it will grow the stunted seedling. So that having that proper moisture level to begin with is so key you don't want to have it's so drenched or so compact that the, the seed doesn't sprout and then you have so much water in there that for the first week it's it's hard to breathe so it's real slow growth and then you know some beginners for example they hear about spraying the top of the medium to keep it moist even when it's already mm -hmm. moist they'll still mm -hmm. spray the top that's of the medium that's just making the problem that's worse. a big misnomer so that, that the top of the soil has to be like i remember that being a myth when i started was the top of the soil has to be moist you guys remember like the finger rule like if you put so your finger in and your nail and, yeah and it's you gotta add more water and then it's like i didn't realize that whoa, whoa 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 that's not right at all that's not right at all you know it has nothing to do with well, the first top little you know well, if it's if it's a seed and it still need to be sprouted, it needs to be moist up top, oh, right? For sure. Because for if sure. it dries out, for sure. you can't drown a seed. The, like in general, that's another misnomer too. But if it is already rooted and you've got a small seedling there, if it dry, if the top of the medium dries out a little bit, that's okay. All right, now spraying it a tiny bit to kind of keep that top of the medium moist. It can be acceptable, but you can overdo it, and I think a lot of people overdo it for sure. Water yeah. is such a sticky subject, when, especially when it, when you're so fresh and so new at this. You know, not too much. It's too much. It's not enough. Oh my god, it, I've killed it. You know, it's like you're, you're constantly playing the game of is it too much water? Have I have I given it enough? Is it is it you know? Oh man, I have remember we discussed that. Discussed that on the channel. Is that something? Chat watering? in comment section. Should we discuss that in the full thing? Over underwatering. How to water? I think we water should quality. Man. I, a lot a of the new new questions that I get is, is 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 aligned with watering. You know, when do I water? When do I feed? How often do you, excuse me? How often do you feed? You know, do you feed feed full water? Now we're getting into bottle specific here, but 
Still, like I mean, that that even in that case, it's like, do you uh, use a tea? How often are you, or an extract? Right. How often are you right. doing these things? Are you amending your media and then watering this in? Are you using RO? Are you using, you know, filtered water? Are you using distilled? There's it's so many variables. So what I'll do is I will smoke before the podcast and during, so I can say things properly and don't get too much flack in the comment section. Bring but it on. I think for the most part that covers a lot of, uh, you know, the seedling stage, regardless of what you're growing. Like I said, cucumber, tomato, motherfucking asparagus, I guess, if that's your thing. Beans. Don't, don't overthink it. Yeah, don't okay. overthink it. That, like, it, like it, there's, there's a lot that goes into it, and you have to do the right amount of homework. But, but don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Take your time. Plant your seed. Keep it moist. And then move on. You know? One more but, thing. One more thing we got to cover. Mm-hmm. I don't think we covered it yet, unless you guys covered it when I stepped away, which is uh, making sure the temperature of the medium is proper. If it's oh, too low, yeah. it, no, it, it won't sprout. You I'm know, there, you there's it, it's a pitfall that I fall into sometimes is if, uh, you know, the light's low and it's not really heating up that environment or it's like winter time. on the ground in a cement uh, or area. If, basement living just about to say that yeah you took the words out of my mouth if you're in a basement and you put it on the ground that cold the coldness um goes up and then the ceiling just won't sprout because it's just not um it's too cold so heat map some people do a heat map um if you have heat mat and you don't have one of the um thermometer or whatever to adjust it thermostat (laughs) on it um, some people put like towels in between. So you got the heat map, put some towels in there and then put the cup on there, for example, because you could fry your seedlings yeah. if it's too hot. So making sure that it's balanced between not too cold, not too hot. Um, but for the most part, n- most environments I think are, g- are going to be fine, but it well, is something you need to keep an eye on. If you are having sprouting issues or slow growth, keep that in mind. That could be a, a potential The temperature factor. of your water is also... Yes. The exact yes. same factor, exact same period. Point. Ambient room temperature, water temperature, immediately, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I used to keep my, my reservoir on the basement floor, and it it froze. The, it, well, they didn't freeze. That's a bit exaggerating. But it was it made the water really, really cold. And so when I would water the water the plants, they would they would look dramatically haggard. It, almost like you'd taken them outside in the winter. Like, and what's they, going they, on? Why are you so They're just not looking? climatized to that temperature. So temperature, water, temperature, the environment, all very important. That's why when I'm spraying my dome, I like to keep the water inside my tent so it's the exact same temperature. Um, now, of course, it, there's some variance. It doesn't have to be the same temperature and such, but good point. Yeah. Well, and, and also a quick thing to, to add into because my high ass was about to end the, the show real quick. You got people in the chat who are like, all right, we're out. Thanks for the premiere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the pH, too. So depending on the media you're in, it's a very big deal to, to not just go in water. You got cocoa, don't just get tap water, especially. Make sure you have some sort of filtered or purified or clean water. And, you know, we'll, we'll definitely do a video on that, especially if the chat and the, the comment section likes that. Holla at us. Let us know if you're listening to it. Watch SteelTV.com. Go over there, comment. Let us know. But I think overall people really sleep on that pH side when you're going into it. I did often early on, too. And same with the organic. When I'm going in there and I have a mix that's, two organic plants and the rest are cocoa and i'm like i just need a little bit of water 5.8 we're good that plant's growing slow the the nutrients aren't going to be available micro and macro depending on what ph you have and the fact again that you have a baby here it's like you're not being able to give that bottle to the baby and you're trying to give it a big cup and it's like oh, it doesn't know what to do so you, you you need to make sure that you're dialing everything in from how you're watering it not being too excessive with it not just pouring a big fat amount in the corner of your cup and you've got a big divot 
And like there's so many little variables when it comes to a seedling to treat it properly. Water the quality control and how you do the it. The foundation that you lay right now will help you as you progress forward throughout the stages of growing. A good solid seedling or sorry, germination to a good solid seedling, to a good solid veg, to a good solid flower is gonna give you some good quality buds. It's all about that foundation. Get a thick you get the foundation. Best characteristics. I mean We've talked about that a few times now. To get the, the characteristics you're looking from the exact phenotype or cultivar you have, you got to be able to grow it to its best capabilities. And doing it right early is going to get you off right out of the gate the right way. You know. Anything yeah. else to add, boys? I think that pretty much covers it. Of course, if you guys want more uh, or if you have more questions, you want more information about this, all three of us have videos that cover this subject in this is true. depth. So please go check it out. And check out all three because we all do it a little bit differently. Yes. Some of us do it naked. Yeah, it hot tubs. So with that being said, if you like this video and you're watching it, make sure you smash that like button. Subscribe if you haven't already. Hit the little bell next to it to be notified when we do, you know, these shows, these premieres. And, you know, make sure you stay lifted. It's your boy Robin CLTV, Mr. Grow It, Pigeon420. We'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.